Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. I appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, April 29th, 2021 edition, and I appreciate you all tuning in. I'm excited to help you in this hour take that next incremental step in your journey to create your own version of financial freedom. Now, remember, everybody's a little bit different, so don't think that your neighbors or your cousins or your brothers or your or your father's path towards their financial freedom is going to be the same as yours. Everyone's going to be a little bit different, but there are a lot of shared principles. Things like spend less than you make. That's simple. Save consistently. Make smart, logical investment decisions, not emotional ones. Those are just a few. And so these are the things that I'm going to try to drive home, among many others, to help guide you to make a decision in the future, whether that's about investing or personal finance, that will increase your odds. And that's, that's an important aspect to understand as well, is that decision-making is never guaranteed. Just because you save consistently doesn't guarantee you anything. Just because you invest consistently doesn't guarantee you you anything. Just because you invest in a fund that has done well in the past doesn't mean that fund's going to do well in the future. Because you invest in a company that's done well in the past doesn't mean that's going to do well in the future. But putting odds, stacking the odds in your favor is vital. And... That's why when I talk about uh, the market as a whole, a particular stock or sector, I'm doing this to try to help you put the odds in your favor. And I present it all without bias. I'm just giving you the facts as I see it. And I'm wrong. I can be wrong. Someone calls up about a stock. Maybe I don't like it. Stock can do very well and vice versa. So don't think that I'm infallible either. But... With my 20 plus years of investment experience, I've learned a few things along the way to help stack the odds in my favor, in my client's favor. So that's why I'm here to help you. I'm Justin Klein, and of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape the show to your liking. And that means you can call right now and interact with us live during our four to five Pacific time live stream broadcast, or... You can leave a question anytime on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. Either way, that number never changes. As always, it's 888 99 chart. 
So let's get right to our first caller question now. Hey, Stephen, Justin. I had a question just about overall portfolio philosophy. I'm 25 years old, and I'm wanting to set up at least like 50 to 60% of my portfolio to be quality, good companies that generate a dividend income with the intent of capital or with the intent of compounding interest over time as I approach retirement. The remaining portion of my portfolio is a mix of more aggressive stocks. But main question is, at my age, would you recommend enrolling in a drip program for the stocks that I have that are dividend generating and continuing to grow that over time? How do you view this as a type of strategy for someone my age? Thanks. Well, first, I like your strategy of having some core holdings. That's what you're, you're kind of gain, getting at there is that I want 50, 60% of my portfolio to be relatively static to have core holdings. And in the past, what for everyone else, what a drip program is, is a dividend reinvestment plan. And many large companies, you can set up a drip program where the dividends go straight back into more shares. And you compound that over time through uh, basically dollar cost averaging using those dividends over time. Now, one of the benefits of that was that you were adding shares commission-free. Before, you own 100 shares, you get a dividend, you want to buy more shares, you want to buy, use that dividend two, three, uh, to, to buy two or three or four more shares, it's going to cost you a commission. And a drip program uh, allowed you to avoid that. And that was a big factor, especially if you're making consistent reinvestments quarter after quarter. In today's world, that is not necessarily the case because commissions are, are zero now. And so that benefit is kind of gone. And so I don't really recommend them because you, you have the ability to be a little more strategic with that, those dividends, commission-free. And what worries me the most about the DRIP program is that you get too tied in to one particular company. Now, you could say that's good because... Not, sorry, not one particular company, but get too tied into a company that maybe is not doing well. Yeah, they could be paying out dividends still, but their business is faltering and you just have this drip program in it because of inertia and you keep it there because of inertia. So what I would say is create that, those core holdings and monitor the positions. You can reinvest the, the, the dividends on dips. Uh, you can especially ones that maybe have appreciated. Uh, you take those dividends and maybe put that into others that uh, are more undervalued, have, have better value there, and you can be a little more strategic in that way. So that's how I would handle the dividends coming in. I, I don't think you need a drip program, uh, but I like the fact that you are looking to hold a suite of core holdings that pay Dividends, just make sure you diversify amongst many industries, ideally all the industries and sectors. Now, why are we here today? Well, I'm doing this podcast for you, and I'm doing it to help you become successful in your financial future. And in order to do that, you need the right information and effective strategies to help you deal with current market conditions 
And today's market conditions can be very different than the market conditions six months, nine months, a year, two years from now. And I want to help guide you in all types of markets, and that's why I kind of teach these principles. And that's why I'm ready to take your calls on our Invest Talk listener line at 888 chart And I'm ready for you. Now, let's look at the market today. You had the S&P up about 28 points, about half a percent. It started off up, sold off throughout the day, actually turned negative on the S&P midday, and then rallied back to kind of where we started the day, which was uh, pretty interesting because kind of a doji day from a technical perspective. You had some big earnings after hours uh, today and yesterday. You had Apple with blowout earnings, blowout earnings, and it was down 10 cents. That's a bit worrisome for me. When you see a stock doing very well, going up in an uptrend, earnings come out, they look fantastic. And the stock does nothing or it goes down, it's a bit of a warning sign. So Amazon, same thing. I'll be very interested to see what happens. They had really good earnings after hours. It spiked up. It's still up after hours, but it looks to be waning a bit. And so I'll be interested to see, does that also kind of flounder on better than expected earnings? And what that tells you, if you get a suite of these, and and you kind of have over the past uh, week or so, what it's telling you is that these stocks are priced to perfection. That almost no earnings report is going to live up to the amount of hype and expectations that are now built in to many of these names, especially the big tech names. And you continue to see a rotation out of the growth and into value, relatively. Today was one of those days. And so we're in the midst of earnings season, a lot of big earnings reports coming out, uh, but even the ones that beat are not really jumping very much. And some down. Like I said, Apple down 10 cents. Not basically nothing. It was a flat day, but on absolutely fantastic earnings. It's a bit worrisome. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And with all the challenges we see in the market, it's important to remember that during these times, you need to stay focused on the task at hand, which is building your own version of financial freedom. And that's why your participation is vital. So I can help you in that journey. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-SHARK. We're already moving through the second quarter, and serious investors need to bring their best game. Invest Talk is here to help. 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk with Lynn. She is in Minneapolis and looking at NVIDIA. Yeah, hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Sure, of course. Uh, I'm calling because uh, for there was an announcement in the recent shareholder meeting notes that an approval of an amendment to increase the number of outstanding shares from 2 billion to 4 billion shares is being voted on. Okay. And I'm concerned that that's going to dilute my my position in the company. And I thought that stock would drop like a rock today, but it didn't. So 
Can you tell me what's going on here with this? Huh. Let's see. From two billion to four billion shares outstanding, or is that stock buybacks? You sure it's not a buyback? It's, it's the exact language is approval of an amendment to our charter to increase the number of authorized shares of common stock from two billion to four billion. And as I read in the uh, deeper notes, they want to have this available for purchasing other companies. Ah, uh, yeah. So basically, what they're saying th th this is what they're preparing to do is make acquisitions using their stock. What I, I believe they are. And, and frankly, this is a smart move from a management standpoint because the shares are expensive. So if your shares are expensive, this is cheap capital for you to go out there and acquire other companies. And that's what it sounds like they're, they're, they're going to do or they're, they're looking to do. Right now, they only have about 628 million shares outstanding. But what this is saying is that, hey, 2 billion shares outstanding is not big, not enough for us to maybe potentially make a, a big acquisition. It sounds like they might be swinging for the fences. Maybe they're looking to buy a company like Intel, something like that, where an extra billion plus shares outstanding is not enough for them to uh, acquire. So I agree, actually agree that this is uh, a bit worrisome from a shareholder standpoint uh, that you will be diluted using shares to purchase another, uh, another company. Now, uh, using expensive equity is actually a good thing, like I said, but when these type of companies make large acquisitions, historically, they're bad. They're bad for shareholders longer term because they're just doing it to, to get bigger. Uh, it's not like the chip industry right now is in the bargain basement and they need to be uh, acquisitive because there are great values out there. That's probably, that's not really the case. Um, so they're not using these shares at the right time either. So uh, I, do, I would worry. Uh, I do think NVIDIA is overvalued. Not drastically so, but definitely is overvalued uh, at these levels. And so I would be using this opportunity to trim my position. Thanks for the call, Lynn. 8899 chart, 8892-4278. We have about, uh, let's see, 30 minutes left in the show, but it goes by rather quickly. And you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties. Got a question for Steve or Justin? What do you think a target price to get in would be? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Now let's head over to Fremont and talk with Bob about Roth conversions. How you doing, Bob? Hi. Yeah, hi, Justin. I uh, want to check uh, what uh, what are the factors that I need to 
consider is the age is a problem or what uh, if I want to convert uh, the from the regular IRA to the Roth IRA. Okay, so this is how you should broadly think, and this applies to everyone out there, broadly think about money going into a Roth versus a traditional IRA or 401k. Now there's Roth 401ks, etc. Money going into a Roth, you want to do that at a time where your tax rate is relatively low. Now, a lot of times that could be after you retire and you uh, living off Social Security and maybe taking some money from your IRA, uh, but then doing some Roth conversions to lock in a low tax rate. Could be a strategy. Um, there are all types of strategies when it comes to money going into a Roth. This is something you should probably talk to your CPA about because they understand the tax code, your income levels, uh, their, the, the marginal... Uh, rate that you're taxed at based on money going into a Roth, for example. Um, so you really need to talk with your CPA. Uh, and you're trying to do the Roth conversion when you are in a low tax record or when you just simply want to lock in a tax, a current tax rate. Maybe you think you're going to get an inheritance in the future and your tax rate is going to be higher. Maybe now is a good time to do it. Maybe you're making a lot of money now, and you're in a relatively high tax bracket, and a Roth conversion is not a great time. So it all comes down to your t current tax rate, and that goes for Roth contributions as well. Uh, and there's some income limits, and et cetera, but this is always a CPA question because the complexities of the tax code. Thanks for the call, Bob. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, my focus point today concerns the story that after marriage, couples in nine different states may share responsibility for previous debts. And these states are all community property states. These are uh, states like Arizona, California, Idaho, Louisiana, Nevada, New Mexico, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. And Alaska actually allows residents to opt in to a community property system. So when you're planning your life with somebody, make sure you discuss money. It's vital. It is the number one thing that breaks up relationships. You're, throughout your life, you're going to go through times where money is abundant and other times where money is less abundant. And those times where money may be less abundant often put strain on relationships and can lead to divorce. And the sooner you talk about money matters, money issues, preferably before you're in the midst of the stress of money problems, the better you're able to handle it. For example... And this is something I learned from Steve. Steve uh, used to work as a marriage, um, I forget what they call it, in the church where you're, before you get married, you meet with somebody within the church and, and they ask you a bunch of questions to make sure that uh, your relationship is strong. And one of the questions is, how much would you spend without telling your spouse? $100? $500? $1,000? What is that number? And... That's a good barometer to see if you're still both on the same page. And so before you say, I do, you need to 
figure out your financial situation and troubleshoot, or not troubleshoot, but um, role play, shall we say, various financial topics and situations. Okay? And so, and the reason this is important is because say you do get divorced, you can, you can be responsible for the debt of your spouse, especially in a community property state. And this is also important because if you have a lot of debt going into a relationship, into a marriage, it can delay your goals. If you have low credit scores and you're trying to jointly buy a house and one has a poor credit score and the other maybe just okay, that can be a big problem and it can be a hindrance to you buying a home. Uh, and, and just it's a burden when you have a lot of debt, you're paying a lot of interest, it's hard to really get ahead. So you need to develop a plan to work that debt down, make sure that you aren't incurring much debt in the future, and once again, being on the same page. And so this is advice a lot of people don't really think about when going into relationships like this, but it's vital, and it's part of personal finance and creating a path, a plan towards financial independence. And if both people in a relationship are not on that same path, you're going to not get to the same place. And if you're in the wrong place, uh, then you're probably not in kumbaya with each other, and that can create problems. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Steve Peasley and I recorded a new Rapid Fire Hour podcast. In the course of one hour, we move quickly through 24 listener questions. You'll get our unbiased answers in an energetic format. You can tell your friends and family members that the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour podcasts are free and available now on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Our phone lines are open, so give us a call at 888 99Shark. From sunrise to sunset. Hi, Steve. This is Carol in Alabama. From dusk till dawn. Hey, guys. It's Carl from Philadelphia. The questions keep coming. I had a question regarding portfolio yield. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Big fan of the podcast from New York here. I'm calling from the Chicagoland area. From Newport, Kentucky. Invest Talk listeners have one objective. This is Frank from the Bay Area. Financial freedom. I had a question on your opinion about this Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. How they get there and when they get there is up to them. My question today is about diversification. But Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance. I really thank you guys for all of your knowledge and wisdom. Listen live or download the podcast, investtalk.com. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in 
patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's an Invest Talk Thursday. Justin Klein is on duty, and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve. This is Raul from Flower Mound. I was calling to ask your opinion with regards to some of these stocks and uh, ETFs that continue to pay out high dividends, and all they're doing is issuing new shares, not making any profits, and paying out large dividends. Technically, wouldn't this be a Ponzi scheme or a form of Ponzi scheme? And are there any regulations to eventually stop these? Because I would assume that they would eventually go belly up if they continue to pay out dividends and continue to put out shares without making any profits. Just a thought, and uh, I'd love to hear your answer. Thank you for all you do. It's a great question. There's plenty of out there that are paying large dividends only because they are issuing more shares. They're taking that money and they're giving it right back to the shareholders. And you could say it's definitely uh, Ponzi-ish because it's unsustainable. 
uh, the biggest question or the biggest factor will be when they can no longer issue more shares. So as long as people are willing to pony up the capital to keep funding these money-losing operations and poorly managed companies, then they will continue to operate. And guess what? Wall Street doesn't care. Well, she just wants their fees, their, their investment banking fees, and they're going to continue to do so. So that's why I always say you have to focus on the company. Dividend investing is not about the dividend. It's about the company or maybe the ETF. What is the underlying strength of the company or the fund? Is it sustainable? Is their business growing? Is it dying? Is it cash flow positive? Is it profitable? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself and answer first. Dividends are fantastic. But at the end of the day, dividends are mainly a means to keep CEOs, executives from making poor management decisions. Brings them discipline to their capital allocation. And that's really what dividends do. That's the study set. So if they're paying dividends and they're making poor capital allocation decisions, well, you're just, that's just a, a road to perdition. So I would encourage everyone to focus on the end business. Now I want to talk a bit uh, about my follow-up on what I what I led the show yesterday, which is discussing price versus value. And one of my favorite quotes that I said yesterday was, price is what you pay and value is what you get. And when markets keep breaking records, emotions naturally get the best of people. They buy and the, things go up and, you know, the, the new mantra, what, hodl? Just hold. And even the greatest investors in the world find it hard to sell. And it can absolutely be a mistake to sell. But it can also be a mistake to hold. And most people hold, especially when things are, are fine. Because a FOMO, fear of missing out. What if it keeps going up? When you stay invested, the most you can lose is 100%. When you sell, you can miss out on unlimited potential gains. And in times like this where price, remember price, not necessarily value, price continues to go higher, it seems just the right thing to do is hold. And in some cases, that's probably true. So even if stocks are overpriced, they think others can, are just going to keep buying it because of whatever narrative there is in the market. And they hear about other stocks going up dramatically at absurd values. You know, the Teslas of the world. I say, well, mine's not that overvalued. Look at what these are trading at. Uh, they're trading at 300 times earnings. Mine's only at 60. And so relatively... Yours looks cheap. But if you talk to behavioral scientists, 
and this is a, a report that was published in the journal by the University of Virginia, showed that trying to improve a situation, people often don't even think about subtracting from it. They just think about adding. But the question you should always be asking yourself is not just what should I buy, but what should I buy or sell? Or at the bare minimum, rebalance, cut back. So you should be looking at things in your portfolio that maybe you're not quite as confident in. Play a devil's advocate. Say, okay, what if uh, I, I didn't think this company was that great? What would be the things that I point to to say this is not the greatest investment? And yes, missing out on future gains could be painful, but missing out on future losses won't be. So adding or keeping assets that are hot only because they're hot, not because you think they're undervalued, is in the long run a bad strategy. And so you always need to return to price is what you pay, value is what you get. Is the value higher or lower than the price that is being paid today? Now let's get to another caller question who took time to leave their question on our anytime listener line at 888 chart Hi, this is Andrew from Minnesota. I have a question about Boston Scientific Corporation, BSX, Bravo Sierra X-Ray. It looks like it was going up before the pandemic for a while, and then it's been moving a little sideways. So I'm curious if this is a good time to buy. Thank you. Bye. All right. Boston Scientific this has had a recent rally from a low in, when was that? November of about $33 or so. Now it's at 44 So it has had a nice rally here above about 30% over the past five months or so. And for everybody out there, Boston Scientific, very large company, $62 billion market cap. It's in the medical device field. Okay, They produce less invasive medical devices that are in certain inserted into human bodies. So blood clot filtration, cardiac rhythm management, think of uh, pacemakers. Uh, all these, they're in the medical device field, and historically they are pretty profitable. So it's a very good company. Uh, their dividend yield is, uh, no dividend, excuse me, no dividend. But historically, cash flows have been relatively consistent. Profitability up and down, uh, but still relatively good. Um, right now, my problem, though, is it's trading at about 42 times current earnings. Even if you go based on forward earnings, you're talking somewhere in the low 50s. That's a bit worrisome for me. Um, yeah, I just don't love it. Uh, it's, it's ran here. It's up into resistance. Technically, it's doing fine, so I can't really argue for the technicals here. Uh, I had earnings, it looks like, a couple days ago, and those were strong. So if you're an, a momentum investor, sure. But really, beyond that, I just don't love kind of the up-and-down nature of their profitability and the fact that it's very low growth even before this uh, this recent lull uh, for the pandemic, and I just think it's too expensive at these prices. Thanks for the call. 
Now, 2021 is well underway. In fact, tomorrow, can you believe it, is the end of the fourth month of this year. We're a third of the way through. And the market, as you know, hopefully you're listening, that it's going through changes, going through an evolution here out of the growth phase and into the value as government policy around stimulus and creating a different world. Different than we've seen, whether you like it or not, that's kind of where we're headed. So how can you take advantage of the opportunities in this market? Well, if you want to sit down with myself or Steve to discuss that, we can do that. We have our company, KPP Financial, where we operate with the same philosophy, independent thinking and shared success. We implement unbiased guidance and parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. So if you want to set up a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings, just send us a message through investtalk.com. We'd love to help. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money you probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Uh, So I have two questions. One, with mutual funds, I know that you said they decreased in value when interest rate goes down, but do they still mature if interest rates are going down? And the second question is with ETFs, you've said that you should have 28 to 33 individual stocks, but how many ETFs should one person have to be appropriately diversified? Thank you so much. I appreciate all your help. Well, I think the first question was talking about bond mutual funds, uh, and this would apply to bond fund ETFs as well. Is No, there is no maturity, uh, and that's one of the issues with owning bonds in fund form is that you can kind of have permanent capital loss as uh, money is pulled out of those funds as, as it goes down, and you may never get back to those old interest rates. And so... Uh, that's why we like individual bonds because, hey, you can hold those bonds to maturity if interest rates do rise. So that's a good question there. And then on ETFs, uh, yes, if, if you have uh, typically, if you want to build a diversified portfolio, you need somewhere in the neighborhood of 25, 35, maybe 40, 45 stocks, probably max, to create diversification. But if you're owning ETFs, you need way less because naturally by SP 500. Uh, index fund, you're getting 500 different names. So you have diversification there, which you have to think about more when you are using ETFs is what asset class, what area of the market is, how much exposure in the foreign market versus growth versus value, small versus large, uh, bond fund uh, versus equity fund, commodity fund, 
uh, versus uh, maybe a targeted fund. Okay, so those are more of the broader asset allocation decisions that you have to make when you're building a portfolio using ETFs. You can build one with uh, just a handful of ETFs because each one uh, itself has broad diversification. So hope that helps. Great questions. Now, there's no reason to allow any of our financial investment questions to go unanswered. And after today's program ends, and at the any time, night or day, you can call the InvestTalk listener line and submit your question. And here's a call that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Alan from Hayward, California in the Bay Area. And I'm thinking about buying some good RX stock. And I'm just uh, wondering what you think about it with the whole uh, competing with Amazon thing. Um, thank you. Bye. All right. Looking at good RX. This is the symbol is GDRX. And this is a relatively recent IPO. Let's take a look here. I think it's only been around for Turn my screen here. Um, yeah, since October of last year. Since its IPO, it's kind of languished. Uh, but it is ha- it does have a large valuation, $16 billion market cap. Trailing 12 months, $153 million in sales. They're supposed to make $0.55 cents next year, so that's good. But based on that, you're talking about uh, trading at about 80 times forward earnings. It's a bit expensive. What they do is they offer a software platform that helps people find discounted drug prices, prescription drug prices. So what I will say here is I like the name. What I worry, though, is that it's not quite past the lockup period, and it's really not cheap enough in my mind, $16 billion valuation on trailing 12-month revenue of five. It's still trading at about 30 times enterprise value to revenue. It's just too rich for me. It is growing nicely 30 times. Uh, so this is a name, frankly, it's on our watch list for a potential buy, but it just needs to get cheaper. Below $10 billion in valuation, I would start thinking about it as long as the trajectory of their business remains relatively solid. Um, so I like what you're looking at as a company. I just think it's a bit rich, as most uh, IPOs are. And so that's why I would pass on it for now. Below $10 billion, I would start thinking about it. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask you opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99 Chart. Hi, this is Dave from Ohio, and I really love your podcast. I'm approaching 60, and I have some commercial property, I have some rental property. I have about 700 invested in the market right now. I'm looking to really 
picked up stocks that paid really good dividends. Maybe you could tell me like the, the top five that you would recommend. I have AT&T, I have J&J, Duke Energy, I got Walmart. Maybe you could suggest like the top five that you'd pick. Thanks. Uh, I'll be waiting for your answer. Bye. All right. Well, I cannot tell you – this is per SEC rules. These are – we operate under uh, SEC guidelines, and part of that is that we cannot recommend stocks for people. That's why you never hear me say, oh, hey, let's check, go check out this company. What we can do is we can answer questions. So if you say, hey, what do you think of this stock, which people do all the time on the show, then we can answer it. Now, you talked to, you listed four there. I will, <coughs> excuse me, I will say, that we own one of those. We own AT&T for our clients, and we really like it. Now, the other ones are, are good. Um, they are, are strong, blue-chip names, uh, not going anywhere, and would be solid dividend payers. Does that mean those are the best opportunities in the market? Not necessarily, especially at the, the prices. Also, what is your risk tolerance level? So... That also plays into how much or what companies you want to own. That's why when we talk with clients, we say, okay, are you typically an aggressive investor, more moderate, more conservative? How much risk are you willing to take? For example, Walmart, it's a fairly cyclical name. The volatility is going to be higher than most dividend-paying stocks. Definitely not the highest, but on the higher end. And it's trading at relatively expensive prices today. So we invest for clients. We invest in a lot of dividend payers, and we have our favorites. Um, but they are also keeping in mind, when we're picking them, the risk level for the portfolios that we are investing in for clients as well. So I hope that helped, gave you a little uh, insight there. If you want to talk in more detail, I would encourage you to reach out to us via investtalk.com to shoot us a message. We can jump on a call, do a portfolio review, and help you understand whether your dividend investing portfolio is on the right track or not. Now let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question on our anytime listener line. It never closes, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Mr. Steve or Mr. Justin. This is Jeff from Alabama, and I would like to get your opinion on Spider's S&P Global Natural Resource ETF symbol G-N-R. I'd like your buy, sell, or hold on this uh, particular issue. Be listening on the podcast. All right. This is the S&P Global Natural Resources ETF. G-N-R is the symbol. I like that it is global, so I'm pulling up some of the positions here. It did close, it looked like, actually not at a 52-week high. Yesterday it was at a 52-week high. It closed down $0.03 cents today, so basically a flat day, though. Uh, I like what you're looking at with the uh, natural resources space. I think that is an area that everyone should be have probably overweight exposure to. The top holdings here are BHP Group, Exxon, Total, sorry, Total, uh, which is a, a French oil company, Chevron, Nutrient, which is uh, when it goes to, goes into fertilizer, uh, Valet, BP. I like these names. 
So I'm going to give this one uh, a thumbs up overall. Obviously, it needs to be in context to your overall portfolio. I don't know how much natural resources you have. You don't want to go too much. But uh, this is a, a solid name, a solid way to gain exposure. The expense ratio is 0.4%, which I think is a little bit high for an ETF when you're not really getting much service there. Um, but if you're just talking about the mix of assets, mix of companies within uh, this fund, these are the type of names uh, that we, we, we would own. Uh, and we do own some of them for clients. So uh, I give this ETF in general a thumbs up. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. You can get our free downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, investtalk.com. And be sure to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.